What is going on and welcome to the Power of Progression podcast. I'm your host, John Marone. Thank you very much for joining us on today's episode. And please do not forget to like, subscribe, follow the podcast, write a review, and then share it out to anybody who can take the value from today's episode and put it into their life. But now it is time to help you design the life you've always wanted to live, creating the ultimate version of yourself, and jump into the episode. So let's get it popping. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another powerful episode of The Power of Progression. I'm sitting here in studio with my man, Patrick Bet David. Look, first off, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity. Let me give you guys a little insight of who Pat is. First off, it started with very humble beginnings. You know, as a child, actually as an infant, he was exiled from his homeland during the Iranian Revolution. Then he was actually in a refugee camp in Germany. Now the man sits here as a decamillionaire. He's a massive content creator. He is a producer. He is the CEO of PHP Agency and Valuetainment Media. Not to mention, this guy has had the best of the best, the most interesting people that he's interviewed. Ric Flair, Steve Aoki, Magic Johnson, Wayne Gretzky, Kevin Hart, the list goes on and on. Oh, man. And you know what? If you guys aren't aware of his YouTube channel, you're about to be because it's rated number one for every entrepreneur out there to go look at, listen, and take action on. He's here today to shed some light on what you need to do to be better today than you were yesterday. My man, Pat, what is going on? Brother, great introduction. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So we're here in Pat's studio, um, and it's absolutely gorgeous, first off. Thank you. I've been to a few of these, and the culture I see out there is, is, is really buzzing. And I think that's the big difference in you know a lot of companies I see. But let's not start there. Let's kind of go back a little bit. Sure. This, this whole podcast is to show people that there's more than just the glory, right? There's the story of you know how we got here, how we became successful, and there's always continually building that story. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back a little bit further to you were in the army. Yep. Let's talk about a little bit before that. Like, what was your life like? You know, in, in the refugee camp and kind of coming out of that. So refugee camp uh, uh, for me was uh, first time I didn't have my father around me, right? So I'm, I'm living in a refugee camp uh, with people from Poland, from Russia, from Iran, Iraq, Czech Republic. And uh, we're all trying to figure ourselves out. You know, parents are trying to get their kids to a better place. And uh, I am, uh, so for me, this is a very weird time because I, uh, I skipped a certain part of my life because there was no father figure, there was nobody that kept me disciplined. So I went from being a boy to uh, automatically becoming my uh, a role of a protector for my older sister and kind of playing the role of a uh, husband for my mother because somebody had to protect her. She didn't speak German, she didn't speak English. So I had to grow up very, very quickly from 10 or 12, probably faster than I would have preferred as a kid, but it was a uh, weird time. At the same time, you know, Germany had a blast. I learned how to sell. I learned how to start a business. I was uh, running a recycling uh, business at a uh, uh, local swimming pool. You know, I wanted to buy Super Nintendo for one of the guys that were our neighbors. Uh, he had a beautiful sister, Katarina, and uh, I was fascinated by her. I said, you know, I want to hang out with you. And her brother wanted to play Nintendo. So I said, if I figure out a way to get this Nintendo, you'll be able to play Nintendo. I'll be able to play with your sister. Perfect formula. That's the way to get in. So I went and got, uh, uh, I collected 5,000 beer bottles. I negotiated with the owner of the swimming pool how much he would pay me. He gave me five fennec per beer bottle. I collected 5,000, went to Kaufhof, bought the Super Nintendo, brought it back to the refugee camp. Everybody played. 
And her and I were off hanging out, spending time together. Jedi, so even at 12, a Jedi. Ger- Germany was amazing. I had a great time in Germany. That's Phenomenal awesome. time in Germany. And, and so you're sitting there, and did anybody teach you that skill, or do you think you were born with it? Because you know, people <clears throat> right now, they go, oh, I don't have the skill to sell, right? They want to start a business. They don't have the skills. Yeah. But do you think for you, do you think you were born with that skill to think, hey, if not, do I need to you know, go ahead and just find a way to take her out? I'm going to distract yeah. the person that's taking me away from taking that, her that's, out. That's interesting you say that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about the, that part of it, but I will say this to you. When we are desperate, we get very creative. You know, it's like when you're fighting somebody that's twice as big as you and he's on top of you hitting you, you don't say, according to the rule book, I cannot grab this brick and hit this guy right now to get him off my back. You're going to be creative. You're going to look for things to grab and get this guy off you. You're going to squeeze him, punch him, bite him. It doesn't matter what it is, right? We get very creative when we're desperate. We get very creative when we don't have a lot of resources. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I was in, uh, uh, not Colombia, I was in Panama with a friend of mine. Stephen Alfred, two friends of mine, and we're driving. And Panama is the only place in the world where you can have breakfast on the Pacific and lunch at the Atlantic. It's a real neat place. And we're driving to go to the canal. And while we're driving there, I saw this four-year-old kid in a shopping cart pushing his two-year-old brother. That's what it looked like, a four-year-old brother and a two-year-old brother. And I say, Steve, look at that, guys. Where's the mom and dad in the picture? We're looking at There's no parent in the picture. I said, four-year-old kid is pushing a two-year-old kid with no mom and dad around. I said, what do you guys take away from this? And like, man, you know, the importance of parents and all this other stuff. I said, I take a whole different thing from it. I take the fact that we are so much more capable than we think. This four-year-old knows how to lead at four years old. He wasn't handed a leadership book. He knows that's his brother. He has an affinity to this kid. He's going to figure out a way to protect his brother. He's taking initiative because that's the wiring we have in us from day one. This is why you see a lot of times these videos that go viral, a six-month-old twin rolls over and takes the pacifier and puts it into the other kid's six-month-old and the other kid doesn't have arms. We feel, we know, we know this stuff very early. We think we don't. We think other people don't. And so what happens is as you and I are raised and somebody constantly thinks like you need help, 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 you start believing you need help, you need help, you need help, you need help, you're inferior, you, don't, you can't do it by yourself. You, let me do it, you can't, you can't do it by yourself, let me do it for you. And, and I, I, I don't think there, I think there's a bit of a crutch to that. So for me living in a refugee camp, I'm sitting around saying my dad's not here, my mother doesn't know how to handle living without a uh, husband because in a Middle Eastern community, the husband does everything, and we used to that in Iran, and now she's like all by herself. Then she gets uh, uh, divorce paperwork sent from my dad to the refugee camp. My sister trying to figure herself, herself out. She's 16, 17. We got to grow up fast, and we did. Same thing happens to business as well a lot of time. When you start a startup, you know, and your back's against the wall, you don't have a choice but get creative to figure out a way to make it work. And so you'll learn a lot about people when their back's against the wall. I think that's very interesting. You talked about two things. You talked about being resourceful, but you also talked a little bit about limited beliefs. But let's talk about resourcefulness. How does somebody tap into that, right? Like, I think people are so scared. I wear this on my wrist, right? The first step to success is get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because when you get uncomfortable, you unleash a little bit of new version of yourself, and, and you feel like your back's up against the wall, so you become resourceful. So how would one go ahead and, and tap into that resourcefulness? without their back being up against the wall because I think some people are scared for that back to be up against the wall so they never will which means they'll never get to 
that ultimate version themselves because they'll never dig deep and tap into that resourcefulness. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think I'm still afraid. Like, I think I'm still afraid today. I, I, I don't... Uh, uh, I don't think I'm a, a guy that's fearless today. Like, you know, people think I'm fearless. I still have fears today. I still have concerns today. I still have insecurities today. I still have uh, uh, challenges that, you know, I second guess myself at times. I just do it less than I've ever done in my entire life. And I fear less than I've ever feared in my entire life today, but I still have it. So, for example, you know, when people say, some people are visionaries. Some people are not visionaries. I think everybody's a visionary. What do I mean by that? Let me explain. Here's what I mean by everybody's a visionary. Uh, does the average person envision being able to find water today to drink? Yes. You're a visionary. Right? Does the average person envision finding a place to go to the bathroom today? Yes. You're a visionary. If, you're, if your body all of a sudden you've got to use a bathroom, you envision the nearest bathroom to go to. You're a visionary. I think you're a visionary. It's time. It's 11 o'clock at night. My body's telling me I'm tired. Visionary. Where is a place for me to go to sleep that's the warmest and most comfortable place? Even if you're homeless, you still go find the warmest, most comfortable place. Could be the backseat of your car. Could be a carton. Could be a friend's couch. But you find it. I think we're all visionaries, except some people have a bigger vision than other people. I think everybody's resourceful. Some people are more proactive about being resourceful than others. Too many people rely on everybody else to do stuff for them, and they're like, well, the reason why I'm not a millionaire today, or I'm not making a lot of money today is because my dad wasn't rich. My family didn't come from a lot of money. If I did, you know, it takes money to make money. You know that saying. I've heard it in hip-hop songs. You need money to make money. I don't know about that. You know, I, I, I know um, at the fund, when I got sued by a $400 billion company, I went and met with a mentor of mine, Bill, I said, Bill, what do we do? I've never been sued before. I mean, this is a big company. They can put me out of business because they have resources I don't have. He says, Patrick, remember the U.S. law. Anybody can sue you, but nobody can prevent you from working. And as long as you can work, you can pick yourself up and go compete. So get to work. And I said, you know what? You got a good point. I got to work. Eight months later, we settled it. Um, never been sued to, uh, since then, never been sued in my life. I'm probably going to sue many times because we're getting bigger and bigger. But uh, that was the idea. So prior to being resourceful, if you're somebody that's not afraid of hard work, generally hard work and people who learn the ability to be resourceful, they're going to move up in life. Yeah. And I didn't know you got, so you got sued. And, and how, how long ago was this? October 29th of 09 is exactly when I was served with the 400-page lawsuit. Yeah. Do, do you mind diving into that real quick? And I want to kind of go back to the Army thing, but I just want to stay in this topic because it's not necessarily everybody watching and listening, they get sued, but the thing is they get hit with this punch, right? Like Eric Thomas and I were talking, he talks about some people get the wind knocked out of them, and yep. some people get knocked out. For you, 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 know, you got the wind knocked out of you, but you got back. So tell us first off kind of what was going through your mind of when you got sued, besides I gotta find my resources. Yeah, so one is at the time emotional side, which is like, why would they do this to me? I was with them for seven and a half years. I can't believe this. Why are all these people talking so much smack behind my back? You know, I thought you were best friends. You were my groomsmen. Now I'm an enemy just because I'm a competitor and I decided to leave and I'm not happy with two people in the company and what they're doing. So first was emotion, okay? That's one, no problem. Emotion's over with. So you get pissed, you feel bad, you feel sorry, self-pity, all this other stuff. Are you done, Pat? Yes, okay, set it aside. What are we doing next? Game plan. Boom. But the emotion was my fuel. 
So the emotion filled up my tank to say, I'm ready to go, get to work, and find out if in this marketplace, Patrick B. David has the goodies to compete with everybody. And if you don't, guess what? You know. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, for every Mayweather, there is 10,000 boxers you never hear about. Mm -hmm. For every Brady, LeBron, Kobe, there's hundreds, if not millions of kids that play basketball with the dream of one day playing in college, let alone NBA, and it doesn't become a reality. But for me, if there's one thing about it, like when we started Valuetainment, I'll never forget this. Like right now, prior to me uh, sitting with you, I was with a guy named Jim Jenkins. Jim Jenkins is one of three uh, people who were in the room that held John F. Kennedy's brain when the autopsy was done. So he held the brain, okay, Jim Jenkins. And him and I are sitting there, we're talking. We're talking about John F. Kennedy. What happened? What is the conspiracy? What is factual? Who was in, two names came up. These are the two people that were very glad for John F. Kennedy to die. And we went through it very deep. And I took him to Dealey Plaza where Oswald shot Kennedy, the ex. He's their wife, sir. He's never, ever been there 55 years. He's avoided this topic. Today was the first day he was willing to open up and talk about this and actually go to the, to the Dealey Plaza. A very weird experience when we did this, right? Okay, so when we first started doing value taming, and I said, let me create content, see if people like me. If they don't, I'll know within two years. So I started creating content. I said, you know what? We have 2,000 subscribers. Maybe they like a little bit. I don't really know. We started doing a couple of interviews. Let's see if I know how to interview people. Then I started interviewing people. And then I said, wow, these interviews are doing uh, better than I thought. They're doing really good. So let's try to take it to a whole different level. Let's change the channel's name from Patrick Bay David to Valuetainment. But everything to me in my life is for me to know if I'm good enough to compete in a certain space. And I am very comfortable knowing if I cannot, very. Like I'm very comfortable knowing I will never be able to be a great basketball player. It's just not, not me. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna be a great hockey player. Uh, I'm not gonna be great at doing editing or certain things. I can probably be good at anything, but I wanna know what I can be great at. And so that part of starting the business, getting sued, wind knocked out of me, Emotions, pissed off, frustration, but then I got to it and I said, maybe they're right and you don't have what it takes to build a big business, but maybe they're wrong. But you're not going to know unless if you get in the ring. I got in the ring, I fought, we built it, and now we got a company that grew from submitting 50, 100 life insurance policies a month with 66 agents to now we have 8,400 agents and we're submitting this month we'll submit 6,000 insurance policies in a month, which there's only a couple companies doing more insurance policies a month than us per year. And you know we're valued uh, at over a couple hundred million dollars. And uh, it's pretty interesting to have a uh, De La Hoya as a partner and Gabriel Brenner as a partner and some of these other guys as a partner. But this took a while. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was to be able to experience this if you can really hang with the big boys uh, and maybe you won't. So that fight was an interesting fight. It, it, I think it comes down to the fight. Though. I think people are scared to fight. And, and they're, they're scared to fight because they, they're scared of the other side. They're scared of losing. For you, you just want to know. So anybody that's listening or watching, like, maybe it's their why. Maybe it's, it's something greater than that. What would somebody sitting there saying, I just, I, I want to win. I want to create that, that life I've always wanted, but I am scared. Yeah. How do you get over that? So let me, let me say this, man. So I'll I tell you something to be thinking about that's a scary thing. So you know how many times people say things like, close your eyes. Visualize with me. It's five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. What does your house look like? What does your car look like? 
You know, imagine having a house with a swimming pool and it's an infinity pool and you got the jacuzzi and inside your bedroom you have a gym and it's a four story, you got elevator, you got this view, you got, okay, that's great. But how about we do it in a different way? Close your eyes, go 20 years from now and you don't do nothing. You stay the same as you are today. How many divorces you got? What happened to your family? How does your dad look at you in the face? How does your mom look at you in the face? How do your siblings looking at your face? How about the people that said you're going to quit and they say, I told you. So every single time you have a beer with them on a Sunday, you have to appease to their opinion becoming factual because you gave up on your dreams. Are you okay with that? You okay with the way the banker's going to look at you when you go direct deposit your job? You okay when it comes down to review and you're just always afraid of your boss firing you so you never ask for a raise? Are you afraid with those experiences where you're looking back, seeing another friend that was never at your level and he never made it to the level that you could have made it, but, but you were more capable, but because he spread his wings, maybe he made it higher than you are today because he wasn't afraid and you're afraid. Say, that's the real exercise. And if you're okay with that, keep living life the way you're living. If that doesn't put the fear and concern in you, you best change today because I guarantee you one thing. I just turned 40 years old, okay? I look at my hands. This is a 40-year-old's hands. This is a 21-year-old's hands, but this is 40. My veins on my uh, uh, calves, they're spider, spider web uh, veins. I don't know if you've seen it before. When some people get that, and you get those veins here. I never had that at 21 years old. What happened here? This is aging. I'm 40 years old. Like this, 20 years going to go by. And so that is a uh, concern with me because, uh, uh, to me, I don't see a reason for living if I'm not going to be in the arena wanting to figure out what my best looks like. I just don't see a purpose for it. For what? To watch a movie and entertain and make money for other people? I don't think any human being was put on this planet to be average and ordinary and watch movies of other people's dreams becoming a reality, watch other people's freaking dreams become a reality from sporting events, from politics, from marriage, from kids, from parenting, from schooling, from education, from whatever level. I think every single person that's watching this here right now Deep down inside, when they watch the movie Gladiator, and there's a scene of redemption, when they watch the movie Braveheart, when they watch these movies and they see someone's dream becoming a reality and that tear comes down your eyes, for the next two hours, you think you're William Wallace. For the next two hours, you think you're Maxim. You think you're that person. I get the chills telling the story right now to you because all of us feel that way. So I have a hard time buying people's excuses. I have more of an easy time telling the person, if you go to that point of 20 years from now, you're not living your dreams. If you're not happy with that, let's change about it today to 20 years from now. You're going to be the person you always wanted to be. And if you don't make it, guess what? You have self-respect because at least you gave the fight. Yeah. At least you fought. At least you got in the ring. At least you look at yourself in the mirror and says, dude, I'm good. I lost to a guy that's better than me, but I worked my ass off. I can live with that. I can't live with the unknown of I didn't give my effort. I love that. Pain or pleasure. It, it's, it goes back to pain, yeah. guys. Like, if you're not digging deep enough to find that pain, it, it, and I agree with you, it's not going to hurt deep enough, right? It, it's not going to hurt deep enough because successful people, it's, it's just so simple, right? I mean, it's just do the things you don't want to do when you know you need to do them. And, and it comes back to that pain feeling. So you started this company how long ago? October 20th of 09. Of 09. PHP or Valuetainment? Valuetainment. Oh, Valuetainment. Valuetainment got started... Um, you know, we changed the name from Patrick Bay David to Valuetainment probably two and a half years ago. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So, but you've been you've been PHP for for quite some time. Now. PHP for nine years. What are yeah. some of the biggest struggles you saw? Whether it was you know uh, the culture, because like I said, I was, it's buzzing back there with culture. This guy's got slides. You know, he's got uh, full size uh, Optimus Prime. I mean, it is amazing. But what do you see as some of the biggest struggles that people that are in business right now? Because a lot of people watching this are, are CEOs, entrepreneurs, yeah. have a business. What struggles should they expect and, ha- and that you had that they can get over so, uh, with some action? So, so to people who don't recreate themselves after getting a certain level of success that they're happy with. Let me explain. So you get a guy that gets to a $50,000 year income, but he wants to get to $100,000 year income, but he doesn't recreate himself. So he gets stuck at 50. A person gets to 100,000, he's happy, he's got a nice house, nice place, living a decent life, better than his younger brother or older brother or sister or you know, friend that he was always competitive with. So he goes to his mom and says, you remember Johnny, look at me now, mom, I'm doing better than the kid you told me to be like. And he stops recreating himself. The person that starts making seven figures and everybody around him starts saying, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Oh, dude, you're, I've never met anybody like this before. Yes, well, you know, because let me tell you who I am. And, you know, let me explain to you what's going on with me. You know, it's all about success and all the. And then the guy who gets to 10 million, the guy who gets to 100 million, the guy who gets to whatever numbers. Like, I'll give you an idea. Two months ago, it was probably one of the most painful times of me as a CEO again. Here's why. I hit a wall that the old path couldn't overcome, okay? And I had to figure out a way to overcome this wall that I had never faced before. We've never done numbers like this before. We've never put up business like this before. I've never made this kind of money before. We've never had this many people getting checks. We've never had this many partners. We've never had this many incredible things going on in the business. But we hit a wall that required me to recreate myself in a way that I've never done before. And that wasn't easy. And, and, and that part, when you experience success, if, if you, let me explain it this way mathematically. Every time you move up, okay, there's a level in life. Let's just say there's 10 levels in life. Let's just say you're at level four. I'm just throwing a number out there. When you're going up and you're at level four, say at level four amongst your peers, you're in the top five percentile. At level four, you're in the top five percentile. But at level five, you're bottom 20. You don't want to go from level four to level five. Because if you go level five, you officially went from being the stud to now you're nobody. No one knows who you are. No one cares who you are. What do you mean you're this? I don't care. I don't know who you are. How did you make your money? What did you do? That growth level, it's mental torture for most people. So, you know, for me, I'm going from, oh, my gosh, Pat, let's see if you can be rookie. You're at Bally Total Fitness, bro. Oh, you're great. Oh, prior to that, let's see if you can hook up with girls and go to nightclubs and go to Vegas and be with the hottest girl. Oh my gosh, everybody thinks, oh, let's look at the next one. Let's see if you can get a job at Morgan Stanley without a degree. Oh, you did it. Oh, look at you. Oh, let's see if you can go out there and make 100,000. Oh, look at you. Oh, let's see if you can make a goal. Look, oh, look, let's see if you can make a million. Let's see if you can make 10 million. Let's see if you can make 50 million. Let's see if you can take your YouTube channel from 500 subscribers to 2,000, to 10,000, to 50,000. Oh, look at you. You got 50,000. I'm better than this guy at 6,000. Versus, I'm at 50. I suck going up against that million guy. I suck going like uh, right now we got a million subs. The number one YouTube channel has 69 million subs today. PewDiePie versus T-Series out of India with a $1.3 billion market. 69 million subscribers as of today. Probably when you go update it uh, at the time you watch this, it may be 71 million, 72 million. So if you're, if you're coming from that state, you're always the guy that's just, you're never there. 
And I think a lot of people are there and their appetite slows down and it's done from there. If you get people behind you start telling you how special you are and you actually hear it, I'm mute to it. I don't hear compliments from people behind me. I don't listen to compliments from people that are around me as, as people that are working around me. I don't want to hear it because it's not healthy. I don't hear it. I hear the ones that we still have to get better than this. We still have to do this. We're still not there yet. Look at these guys yet because that's what keeps me growing. I think too many times we go too far back. By the way, O'Neill, who's recording this, he asked me a question the other day. Very good question he asked me. He said, uh, Pat, because we're sitting there and we're like talking about a big project we launched and we worked our asses off on this project, like hardcore. And then I'm like, guys, and we're on the drive back and we have a six and a half hour drive. We're sitting in the back, it's like one o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the morning, whatever time it is, midnight. I'm like, guys, look at this project, what we're doing, look at this, and we're going at it, right? And we're just talking, me, him, and Mario. And he says, Pat, when do you celebrate? And I have to sit there, I'm like, and then Mario's like, Pat's not like that. I'm like, what do you mean Pat's not like that? Pat's not, Pat likes celebration in terms of like, awesome, that's great, let's move on, next thing. Uh, you know, for me, the vision is so big that I'm the luckiest man in the world to be living in America, being able to build a business and allow my creativity to come up with ideas that I'm not restricted by some regulation of, you know, no freedom of assembly, no freedom of speech. I don't have that in America. I can't do that in the Middle East because I'd be ruffling some feathers. I can do, I'm the happiest man alive. So for me, let's test the limits and see what we can really build together. That's where that comes from. So to answer your question for the people that stop, and don't look back and listen to the people that are telling you how amazing you are. Look at the people in front of you that are better than you and see what you can do to compete with them. And don't be the smartest person in the room, right? Yeah, no, I mean, my, my, no way in the world I'm the smartest guy in this, in this, in this building. No way. But here's what I, we had a meeting with an insurance carrier three days ago. Some German people, very big deal we signed. Very, very big deal. It's probably one of the best deals we ever signed. Uh, and I'm sitting there, I'm talking to them. I said, I just want you to know, here's what we believe in as a company. Everybody in this room is smarter than the person next to them in an area. Mm. And that's what we believe in. Everybody in this room is smarter than the person next to them in an area. And so you're talking to some of the smartest people in the company. We kind of know what we're doing within our departments. What can we do to help it grow? And um, I'm a firm believer in that. Let me ask you this for hiring wise. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's a big issue with a lot of people. that They're, they're hiring too quick or they're hiring <coughs> on the wrong, for the wrong reasons. What are some best hiring practices for people that, whether they don't have any people that- That's a good question. Or they, want, or they have people and they want to continually grow. Are you married? Yes, I am. Okay, kids? I'm, uh, 18 month old. Yes. Seriously? Yes. That's yes. great. We told, awesome. We were told we couldn't have kids for nine years, um, and our miracle baby came out 18 months. What'd ago. you name the miracle baby? Um, Aria Nevea Marone. Beautiful. Thank you very much. So, so for me, you know, it goes back to um, dating. You know, I dated so many girls, and it wouldn't work out, and they were all the same, and I thought they were the problem until I realized I'm the problem. I have no clue what I want, right? So then all of a sudden I got clear on what I wanted. I read a book called 101 Questions to Ask Before You Get Engaged, and I'm like, wait a minute. This entire time you thought you were looking for 36, 24, 36, while you're really looking for this. Looks was very important to me, but a different kind of a look. So I wanted tender lips, toes were important to me, eyebrows are important to me, nose is important to me, hair is important to me, gentleness is important to me, scent of the body is important to me, kindness is important to me, the way you listen to me. You understand my madness, you're okay with my madness, you can handle my madness. Those things were important to me because I knew me and I knew what I wanted, right? Once I got clear, because a lot of people say, well, you're judgmental, why does the woman have to be like this? I'm the one that has to marry this person. If I, like I told my nanny the other day, I said, listen, 
you give these kids a lot of candies. 30 years from now, if these kids turn out becoming these entitled kids, they're not going to say, who raised the nanny? Nan it's all nanny's fault. They're going to say the father wasn't a good, good parent. So please stop giving these kids flipping candy when they give it to you and hold it back from them. And we have a fun time to get up the greatest nanny in the world. She's not even a nanny. We call her grandma. But dating-wise, I had to figure out what I wanted. Most men have no clue. Most women don't know what they're looking for. They think they want the six-packs and the biceps and all this other stuff. It's a lot deeper than that. Women typically learn about what they want for men way earlier than we do. We are confused for a long time. You asked me a question about hiring. Most guys have no clue what they're looking for when hiring somebody. They're just kind of hiring somebody. Take a moment, grab a paper and pen, and write down exactly what, in every department. What does an ideal salesperson look like? They're like this. This is what they like. They're driven by sports. They're competitive. Ba, 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 ba. They have big dreams. They have this. What is a typical support person you want to look like? Because that person is not going to be a good support person. Like for me, I'm probably not going to be our best customer service representative, right? I have to play a different role. So who looks good in this department? Who's good when it comes onto accounting? Who do you want when it comes onto this? Everything varies. Everything varies. So paper, pen, clarity on what you want to hire within that department and go find that person. That's so cool. It's just writing the characteristics down, right? And, and getting super clear. I think is where a lot of people fail as well. I don't think that people are clear enough. Because if you Google goal setting right now, I mean, if they did it right now, they're gonna find a hundred different Google pages with a hundred different thousand ways of how to set goals. What would Pat tell somebody if they came up and they said, man, Pat, I, I wanna set goals the best way so I could hit these goals. What is one of your best practices uh, that they could implement on goal setting? I mean, uh, the first thing I would tell you is clarity. Um, there's two questions very few people can answer. One is, who do you want to be in life? Uh, most people have no clue how to answer that. It's, uh, uh, they give an answer that's kind of like a by-the-book answer. Well, I want to be this, I want to be that. You have to actually be able to answer, who do you want to be in life? And then what kind of a life you want to live? You know, what is that? You know, do you want to be a millionaire? Do you want to be wealthy? Do you want to, uh, you know, what kind of a life you want to live? What is it going to look like? Who are you going to be? That's number one. Because everything with life with me is clarity. Any area I'm clear in, you can't get in my way. And any human being in any, any area of their life, they're clear in, you can't get in their way. Whether it's the military, it's a sniper, it's an athlete, it's a sports team, it's a church, it's a business, it's a leader, it doesn't matter. Clarity is one of the scariest things in the world. Any human being that's got clarity, they're very intimidating. That's number one. Second thing, once you have that in place, you, a lot of people's challenge isn't goal setting. A lot of people's challenge is they set the goal, they hit it, they don't recreate another goal and another goal and another goal. The marker changes as you, as you advance in life. You, you gotta constantly keep creating new carrots. The same carrot is not gonna satisfy, the carrot at 25 is not gonna satisfy you at 35. You need a new carrot to move you at 35. You need a new carrot to move you at 40. You need a new carrot to move you at 45. Every level is a new level of carrot needed for you to advance. I think too often people are still trying to get motivated by the carrot that moved them at 22. You need new carrots. And uh, once you put the new carrots in place, your drive changes. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, you said something that clarity should scare people. It should scare other people. It's oh, yeah. intimidating. Oh, yeah. That is I mean, priceless. think about it. Michael Jordan is the scariest basketball player of all time. That is. I mean, he was crystal clear. And, and the second scariest competitor in basketball was probably Kobe Bryant. Yeah. People were scared of him because they were clear. They were crystal clear on what they were going after. It was intimidating when you stepped on the floor with them. Same goes with fighting. Same goes with football. Tom Brady is scary. You know, not because, you know, 
he knows the technical aspects of the game better than Peyton Manning because I don't think he does. But Tom Brady, when he gets on that field, he is everybody is afraid of this guy when they step on the field with him. He is clear on what he wants to do. Clarity is key. Clarity long term, but you kept saying, you know, when he plays the game, when he plays the game, clarity daily, I think, is where people fail too. Right? So we got these big goals and 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 you know, we're gonna go get them and we're gonna do whatever it takes, but then a day happens. And I think that we like I tell everybody, show me your rituals and I'll show you your future. What what are the the first two hours of your day and the last two hours, because I think those are probably the most four important hours of your day. So what does that look like for you um, as far as the first two and, and the last two? Maybe they could utilize some of that uh, to implement into their own life. So I have a video that talks about morning rituals that I get uh, deep on it as a ritual. But, you know, I would say, like, it varies for me today. So I'll tell you today. Last night I slept very late because all I studied was John F.K. assassination, autopsy, all this other stuff. This morning I came to the office early, uh, got up very early, and I was here at six o'clock, and I'm going through uh, everything that I'm doing to prepare for uh, today. And then yesterday I'm here at 6.45, uh, and I'm uh, doing cardio, and I have my hour of power that's done with my cardio, and then I go about my business, and I'm conference call, meeting, 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 meeting. And then it defers every single day. I'm a six-day week guy, and Sundays I do my time when I get away from everybody and I still do some business. Uh, at night, uh, it's a lot of communication. In the morning, I have three platforms I read for the news that I go through. It's incredible news that I get from these three different platforms that I look at my email every morning, boom, boom, boom. I get that, and at night, I'm debriefing for the day. I look at all our reporting, our numbers, on any measurable category I have, I look at that day, and I see what it's looking like. And I do my last round of follow-ups, and then I read and I go to sleep. What time do you normally go to sleep on a normal day? I'm, I'm late. It varies. No, I'm, I'm midnight. I'm, I'm midnight. Okay. Uh, I'm midnight, 5:36. That's my timeline. Midnight is sometimes early, sometimes one o'clock, but I'm generally asleep around midnight. And you wake up around 5:36. 5:36. These guys will text no me. No matter at, what, right? No matter what. Even if you had a later day, I mean, majority. I, of I am. I am. I am very. Uh, 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 fanatical in my routine. The reason why I ask, no matter what time you go to sleep, is because yeah. I hear a lot of excuses, right? And, and I hear a lot of people say, man, I go to sleep late. I go to sleep at 12, and I, it's, it's hard for me to wake up at 5.30, which I'm the same way. I go to sleep at 12 o'clock, and I wake up at 5.30. So what wakes you up? Like, what, what wakes you up at 5.30 every single day, no matter what? What's that one thing that if that little mental major wants to put you in a chokehold and say, you know what, Pat, go back to sleep. You need to rest that this thought comes oh, to mind. Oh, by the way, yeah. let, let, me, let me not act like I walk on water right now. I'm the guy that snooze two times. Let me, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say, because here's what happens for me. My alarm goes off. I pick up the phone. When I pick up the phone, I'm reading all the news is what I'm doing. When I pick up the phone, I'm just going through news. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, snooze second time, then I go. Okay, so the first one is for news. The second one is for getting up and, uh, uh, and going out. But I think, I think for me, I am, I am such a ritual guy that I want rituals to stay because it sticks with me for long term. And any time a bad routine, like for instance, year and a half ago, my weight got to 257 pounds. I'm like, Pat, you've never weighed 257. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? No cardio, no this, no that. I'm like, we're changing the game. I went and sat down with a... Uh, uh, a local guy took my blood, took everything, looked at my triglycerides, my testosterone level, my everything. You got to cut grains. You got to cut this. You got to cut that. I cut it. 
I added cardio. I added some other things with exercising. I lost 27 pounds. My energy came back up, and then it was crystal clear. So for me, uh, uh, it, again, what makes you get up in the morning? My vision is big today, but if you want to go back and ask me what made me get up when I was making $100,000 and I wanted to get to the next level, um, you know, it, it was uh, my dad, uh, 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 you know, again, it goes back to emotional goals. I have emotional, logical, and selfish goals. So one of those threes will move somebody. If you have an emotional goal, logical goal, and selfish goal, some are driven by selfish goals, great, have them. Some are driven by uh, logical goals, have them. Some are driven by emotional goals, you, you got to have them. But you got to have all three because one of them will typically trigger you. A lot of people, like imagine if I'm emotional and I only have selfish goals, but I don't care about it. I'm not going to have that energy. But if I'm logical and I have emotional goals, I'm like, I don't care about emotional. But if I'm logical, I'm like, what if we find out what this perfect system looks like and we're able to scale it? How big would this look like? Could we really do 10,000 X, Y? That's logical. It's not like I'm going to cry. I'm going to get emotional. So I try to have every one of those types of goals to get the best out of me. I love that. Just just putting them in, in different equities. Let me ask you this. Fifteen. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So let me. I'm gonna ask a few last questions. Number one is I'm just so curious. You've interviewed, like I said earlier, Wayne Gretzky, Kevin Hart, um, you know, um, Jordan Peterson, some amazing people. What's one piece of advice? It may not even be from them, right? What's one piece of advice that you got that really has hit home and it's kind of carried with you daily, weekly, monthly? Um, and, and you've been able to kind of go back to all the time and always remember? From the interviews I've done? I mean, really anything, honestly. You know, the interviews, I bring those up because I know there's a lot of great content yeah. that comes out of it. But it could have been from somebody when you were 12, right? So what's one piece of advice that you got that you'll never forget? Yeah, so I was at a, uh, a house in Diamond Bar, and a man named Rich was there, and I was in the corner with him, and it was a pool. And everybody was at that event, and I was probably, if, out of 100 people there, I'm probably number 70 at that event or 60 at that event, like sales-wise. And I said, uh, Rich, I, I don't want to be one of these guys that are here. My interest is, is what does it take to be, you know, uh, someone that's the best of the best, if not the best in this world. He looks at everybody, points at him, and he says, look at everybody here. These guys will generally stop working on themselves after reading the common 10 or 20 books, and they'll keep regurgitating those 20 books. He says, you keep building yourself up and you keep reading and it'll be very difficult to compete with your long term. I got so obsessed with developing myself to a whole different level because I wanted to be able to carry a conversation with anybody in the area of politics, sports, religion, money, finance, anything. I wanted to be able to carry that kind of conversation. And uh, that, that typically happens when you have a certain level of curiosity. And that curiosity, if it stays lit for a long time, man, there aren't too many questions. Like today in this interview, we kind of touched and we went in a, in a direction that could get us in trouble on what we talked about. Literally, there was a part of the interview today that was like, right there. we touched a spot that probably hasn't been touched by a lot of people. But that's because we're curious. So I would say curiosity would be it. Question everything. Question everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, everything. Yes. All right, so I want to do this little, this little tidbit of, of the show, and I'm going to give you four words, right? sure. one word at a time, Pat, and I want you to tell me, first thing that comes to your mind, it no could problem. be a picture, it could yep. be a phrase, whatever it is. You ready to rock? Yep. All right, so let's start with the first word, it's going to be failure. Normal. <laughs> I love it. Success. Accepted. Progress. Expectation. Mm. This one's interesting. Hustle. No matter what. Mm. Yes, yes, I love no it. What. 
All right, so this whole podcast has helped people be better today than where you are. So you've dropped tons of value. Like the, the content you've delivered is, is beyond what these people probably are going to remember. But this is a part of the show where they take three things that they could do immediately to get better today than where yesterday. So what would you tell them three things they could do immediately after they end this podcast that they could go ahead and implement to be better today than they were yesterday. Get your pens and paper ready because I need to replay this so I can go back and write my notes down. Yeah, so I, I would say one, uh, make sure your actions match up your values and principles that you live by because if you don't, that contradiction yes. will mess with your mind and you won't like yourself. For, for instance, if you're an extremely spiritual person and you preach spirituality or God and the Bible and all this other stuff, but the way you live is completely contradictory to that internally, you don't like yourself. So because you don't like yourself, you'll go drink alcohol, you smoke wheel, you do coke or X on the side because you have an escape from reality because you don't like who you are today. Alignment is very critical. You gotta figure out a way to align with your own values and principles. It's very interesting. Today on the drive back, we were looking at a clip from uh, the movie Heat uh, where it's a scene between Pacino and uh, 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 and De Niro, they're sitting at this diner and they're talking to one another. Here's a guy that's willing to kill you to live his life, okay? And he says, look, uh, if I have to cut you and kill you, I'm gonna kill you. You're not gonna stop me, I'm not going back to jail. And here's Pacino who's saying, if I see you making another woman a widow because she lost her husband, I'm gonna pull the trigger, I won't even hesitate. But here was the kicker, both of them have one thing in common, they're very aligned. Even one is a criminal, one is a cop, they're both aligned. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because you can live happily like that knowing if I do bad. I'm not okay with the behavior that is living. That's not the life I would choose to live. But it's still, there's a level of respect for man being aligned. That's number one. Uh, second thing I would tell you is, you know, tune everything, everybody out every once in a while, especially the people you love the most. You got to tune out your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your, your, your kids, your mom and dad. You got to tune them out and uh, get away from everybody and start really questioning the bigger things about life for yourself. Um, you know, w what am I really here for? What's my long-term purpose? What, what is, if there's a higher power, what's he using me for, you know? What do you need me for? Why, why did you make my life the way I am? Why, why am I tall? Why am I short? Why am I strong? Why am I, why do I have this voice? Why do I look the way I do? Why was I Middle Eastern? Why was I not born black or white? Or why do you have, why did you introduce me to this woman? Why am I with this man? Why am I in this company? Why am I working? What are you doing with me? Because if everything's about connecting the dots, I want to question because it's leading to a story for me. So number one would be alignment. Number two would be to tune everybody out and uh, kind of try to figure yourself out on what you're doing. And then uh, 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 last one, if I had to pick one, last one, if I had to pick it is don't, um, like uh, some of the toughest words in the world, right? You know, people are comfortable with the word culture, but we don't like the word cult. Well, you don't have cult, and if you don't have the word cult in culture, you don't have culture, it's just church. You need the cult in it, right? Selfish, a lot of times we look at the word, word selfish and we think it's a bad thing, but the best kind of sex is when you come and she comes, or you come and he comes, right? It's the best kind of sex. It's not just if she comes and you don't come. If she just keeps coming and you don't come, what's the purpose of it? Everything is about you also having some of your selfish desires become a reality. This is why sometimes on a plane, the flight attendant says what? Hey, first put the mask over yourself, then do it for your kids, because you have to be able to breathe so you can function and help other people out. When I was broke, I was 24 years old. My dad, I'll never forget what he told me, he says, Patrick, Men don't do well when they're broke. They do stupid things, and you're broke today. 
He says it's very important for men to make money because you have to feel like you are taking care of somebody else. It's in your DNA. You got to do that. And uh, for me, I said, you know what? I got to go make my money. So I missed a lot of birthday parties. I miss a lot of gatherings. My family was upset with me. You don't come to this. I'm like, listen, man, I'm being selfish today because long term, I'm going to serve you. I'm doing it for you, but I have to take the time around and get away from everybody. So question the definition of words. And his meaning of selfish may be different than mine than what it's actually in Webster. Question it all and find out what the real meaning of that word is for you and then go do it. So don't be afraid of being selfish or building a great culture that some people may call it a cult, but it's okay. I got a great culture. Why are you offended by it? This is what we're building. So those are the th three things I would say. Gold. Gold. I love it. And like he said, fill your cup up so you can fill somebody else's up as well. Yeah. So, Pat, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can creep yeah. on you, what you got coming up. So you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Those are the two places I respond back to. At Patrick B. David is my handle. And then on YouTube, go to Valuetainment, subscribe, watch the content. Pretty much any topic about running a business, you'll see there as well as some of the interviews. So those are the three things I would say. I'll tell you right now. Your YouTube is definitely hands down the most valuable YouTube channel I've ever watched. It's quick to the that. point, and it's I know you don't like compliments, but it literally is absolutely strategy plus tactics and tools. It's not just fluff, and, and I appreciate that coming from where I come from. Uh, so guys, you need to go follow him, creep on him, see what he's about. Um, any last bombs of wisdom or knowledge you want to drop on them to leave with? No, just go back with those three is what I, what I would tell you. Just keep staying aligned. Um, you know, go through those three things we talked about. You're going to be fine. Yes, yes, guys. I'm super appreciative that you guys have joined us for today. Um, Pat has delivered like I knew he would. And make sure you guys jump back on here next Tuesday. But don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. Go ahead and tell him something. You know, it does like comments, something that hits you in your heart, hit home, and helped you be better today than you were yesterday. Don't be selfish. Share the content out, share it out so that everybody wins. Um, and last but not least, Pat, thank you so much, man. I appreciate Anytime. Thank you. you. You guys keep creating the ultimate version of you, and we'll see you next time. And there you have it. What an incredible episode with the phenomenal Patrick Bet David. That guy has so much knowledge, and he's fought through so much adversity. I could sit down for hours with him. If you guys heard, I was a little bit lower on the volume than he was. It's because we were sitting there in his office, which was top-notch, uh, one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, not just the way it looks, but the feel, the culture around there, the little things that he had uh, from a – Megatron that was like 15 feet tall. Insane. Don't even know how he got in a building. Uh, but if you guys heard, I was a little bit lower. Uh, we were actually recording it on his side. So he had his whole media team recording it and repurposing it on their end. If you guys did not get value out of that, I don't know what you're going to do to get value because he definitely dropped some bombs on there. And if you lasted this long, I hope that you've taken some notes down and not only did you listen to it, but now you have some kind of content, some kind of information to create some kind of implementation. That's what it's all about. I always tell you that. Last but not least, if you're looking to up-level your life, you're looking to take your next step into your next chapter with some massive accountability and really some of the best, the best content out there for you to overcome any obstacles and adversity that you have in your way, please go to johnmarone.com, look at The Ultimate You, and take a look at what it entails. Message me with any questions, but it's time for you to start creating your future, and the way you do that is to create better, empowering habits, 
and the ultimate you will do that for you. But make sure you guys implement what you learned. Share this episode out. Please subscribe to this if you haven't already so you guys get notified every time an episode drops. Share this out with your friends and your family. But most importantly, just keep creating the ultimate version of you. Flip.